0: And what did you have? What was yours?
3: What language did you speak then? I am a revolutionary. This is about
4: what we didn't do. Amen. Then
3: it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person. Because ultimately, Our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House.
2: African descent fairly, America failed. Put them in the lowest paying jobs. Put them outside the equal protection of the law.
0: Kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, Passes a three strike law and then wants us to sing God Bless America? No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God.
5: And now to our Common Ground with Janice Graham.
3: It is not something that John is doing because he's angry. If you listen to this person, uh, Mr. Trump, who has already made a mockery of our democracy, to attack a person whose actions have changed the course of this nation, then either he doesn't know history or he doesn't Mm -hmm. care about it. Uh, Because to be so ignorant as to say the words that he is all talk uh, is just ludicrous. Uh, Secondly, if you remember on this MLK Day, In a letter from a Birmingham jail, Martin Luther King wrote that it is not the clanners who are impeding our democracy and our freedom. It is the moderate white. He's talking about the Donald Trumps and the, and the John Sessions of the world who talk about order but never justice, who are silent on things that are important to people. So I think that John is just being the advocate he has always been. And he is saying what he believes to be true. And so do many other Americans believe that we have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. <laughs> when you talk about whether he's going to be a person that I can support, how do you support a person who nominates a Jeff Sessions? How do you support a person who says that the Attorney General of the United States has only weighed in on voting rights when he thought that the Shelby decision was good news? Who has been silent on things like criminal justice reform other than to say, I'm opposed to consent decrees? How do you support somebody like a Jeff Sessions where He represents a state where 25% of all of his children go to segregated schools, but he's okay with that because the funding formula is fine with him. How do you support a person who's not an advocate and calls himself the Attorney General of the United States? If that's what we can expect, I don't think that we're going to be able to get along very well.
1: Our Constitution is a remarkable, beautiful gift, but it's really just a piece of parchment. It has no power on its own. We the people give it power. We the people give it meaning with our participation and with the choices that we make. So, you see, that's what our democracy demands. It needs you, not just when there's an election, not just when your own narrow interest is at stake, but over the full span of a lifetime. If you're tired of arguing with strangers on the Internet, try talking with one of them in real life. It has been the honor of my life to serve you. I won't stop. In fact, I will be right there with you as a citizen for all my remaining days. But for now, whether you are young or whether you're young at heart, I do have one final ask of you as your President. The same thing I asked when you took a chance on me eight years ago. I am asking you to believe not in my ability to bring about change but in yours.
6: Justice was served and the unjust were afraid. That after all the years and all the fears, brothers were alive, the courage found, and spreading them goddamn
2: blues around. Yeah, make you want to holler black people and hold up both your hands and say liberation.
5: Our common ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now, Janice Graham. And Lord knows where we're heading. Yes,
0: make you
1: want to hum sometimes. And throw up both of your hands. Make you want to hum.
4: Good evening and thank you for joining us on our Common Ground. It is me. Folks, it's getting real. What a week this has been and what a week it has challenged us to understand history, to have vision for a future, and to see with our eyes the lies that they want to tell. Thank you for being with us Uh, tonight at Our Common Ground. We just want to look back on the week and hope that you spent some time reflecting on the spiritual and wise legacy of Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King and reflected Looked in your own reflection to find that which he built for us. That, to find the path, to step in to the footprint of someone who loved us, and sometimes we have to really think, loved us more than we love ourselves. So, um, we hope that you did that. We hope that, and if you did, uh, we'd like to hear from you, and we'll give you the number. Uh, We do have our guest, Dr. Wilmer J. Leon III, uh, who is going to be with us tonight. You're listening to Our common Ground. Thank you for being with us tonight. Guess who we've got with us tonight.
2: What's happening, America? We're at the top of the hour. Dr. Wilmer Leon here. You're going inside the issues.
4: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! We're gonna have our brother and colleague, uh, host of Inside the Issues, with Dr. Wilmer Leon from Sirius XM Radio. He's been with us before, and uh, I'm really excited about uh, having uh, Wilmer join us tonight. It is so apropos. Poor. And we're going to be talking with his book, and I've uh, posted in our chat room the title and where you can purchase it, Politics, Another Perspective, Commentary and Analysis on Race, War, Ethics, and the American Political Landscape in the Age of Obama. The author, our guest tonight, Wilmer J. Leon. If you're listening on your smart device and you want to join our chatters in our chat room, you can do so by coming to blogtalkradio.com backslash, no, forward slash OCG. To the right slash OCG and join our chatters. And we do uh, thank you once again for being with us. If you are listening on your Computer and things are not working well, you can also listen by dialing 347-838-9852, 347-838-9852. Uh, I, I do also want to um, mention that when I say things are getting real for us, if you saw the hundreds of thousands of American citizens, citizens in London, Lisbon. Can you all imagine? We've got people in foreign countries who understand the situation that we got before us. It really is a situation. Uh, We want to hear from you, those of you who... Uh, your reflections on the inauguration of the 45th President of the United States. And this week we all said, said farewell to the first African American President of the United States, now a private citizen, former senator, constitutional scholar, and his most beautiful sister-wife, Michelle Obama, and uh, their very beautiful children. As he said farewell to the White House and being the highest, most powerful man on the globe, I'm sure that we all have some thoughts about this. But let me tell you, I'm I'm not seeing him on my board yet. Uh, One of the reasons for those of you who are new that we have such a very uh, long um, intro into our show is because you know why. (laughs) I'm here on time. I I'm I'm I am here on time every Saturday night, ten PM. Uh, Doctor Wilma Leon is a political scientist whose primary area of expertise are black politics, American government and public policy and for eleven years he was a lecturer, teaching associate in the political science department at Howard University in Washington D C. He is currently a nationally broadcast radio talk show host on Sirius XM Radio, Channel 126, nationally syndicated columnist, and a regular political commentator on national and international news programs. He's a graduate uh, with a B.S. degree in political science from Hampton Institute, a Master's in Public Administration from Howard University, and Ph.D. in Political Science from Howard University. Uh, He is a regular contributor to Truthout.org, TheRoot.com, PoliticsInColor.com, Black Star News, and he has always been a supporter of this broadcast for many years, and we really are so pleased to have him with us. Let me tell you what Cornel West said about uh, his book, that we're going to be talking about politics, another perspective. Dr. Cornel West said, Wilma Leon is one of the few black prophetic voices in the age of Obama, and this book confirms the status, courageous, visionary, and consistent And I am so glad that I was able uh, to uh, finish up this book. I'm going to test this out because I think for some reason that Dr. Leon might be with us. Dr. Leon, are you getting bounced around on our board? Uh, In any case, um, it doesn't look like. That's your area code, and I'm not sure what's going on here. I'm going to be checking to see where Dr. Leon is. Um, he has not left me a message that something is going on, but I'm sure with the hundreds of thousands of people and uh, uh, who are at the um, – uh, Descended upon Washington, D.C. Uh, today that he went to the march. He is on the metro trying to get home. <laughs> that was spectacular. Um, <clears throat> about this book, uh, I'm hoping that all of you, and I have posted the title And where you can find the book, it's at www.wilmerleon.com. And you can purchase your signed copy, Another Perspective Analysis of Race, War, Ethics, and the American Political Landscape. And you can um, find the book. But one of the things that is so impressive about this book is that you hear me talking about my mentor, my political mentor, Dr. Ron Walters. Ron Walters wrote the preface to this book. And Dr. Walters died very shortly after he wrote this pre- preface in April 2009. And he says in no era has this function of expert journalism been more necessary than when we have had an African-American run for the presidency of the United States and actually win that office for the first time in history. The intersection of the normal vagaries of presidential politics Complete with party opponents and political strategies, received the intervention, this time of a strong racial dynamic that virtually traveled alongside the campaign, intersecting at points and making a statement about its importance. On November 5, 2008, Dr. Leon titles his article, President elect Obama. America's struggle in context, but this series of articles has the advantage of covering political events in the two-year span of 2006 through 2008, mostly 2007 and 2008, giving important context to the historical presidential campaign that was the center of the attention of of much of the nation and after Barack Obama won the Democratic nomination, much of the world. He ends his preface by saying, these short takes, important subjects, make interesting reading and allows us to beg for more. Besides the often brilliant illumination of an issue that Dr. Leon gives us, perhaps that is another ultimate purpose they create, and as all of you know, we have been almost um, in a perpetual state of confusion and lacking clarity, lacking satisfaction with the two terms served by President, former President Barack Obama this book written by our guest tonight politics and other perspectives brings clarity to, to that the book is an, a collection of essays and I was really really impressed that I remembered so much of what Dr. Uh, Leon had written and posted on the internet on his on his web page He talks about the failure of the Bush-Obama war agenda. Uh, He talks about the black farmers' struggle. Uh, There's an essay here, It's Not the Dream, It's Our Nightmare, uh, that he wrote on uh, King Day uh, 2008. So we're going to talk to him about his book. We're also going to talk to him about how things have gotten real. If you have not been watching the news today uh the new secretary uh press secretary white house press uh, press secretary held uh, a news conference uh where he essentially chastised the american press for reporting numbers that the trump administration believes are inaccurate and we all know that they are you know all you have to do is uh look at at uh the <laughs> the absolute n- pictures uh having to do with the numbers of the attendees at the inauguration that's all the press conference was about it was also they mentioned an erroneous uh, report by a times magazine a reporter who erroneously reported that the Martin Luther King bust had been moved out of the Oval Office, which was not true. But what was true is that it could not be seen because a bust of Winston Churchill had been placed in front of it. So when the reporter looked and didn't see it, he reported that it had been removed. The reporter very shortly after that pool report, came back and apologized to the Trump administration for reporting the erroneous information. And they made this is going to be the most petty, most. I, I, I can only tell you that we are going to hear one lie after another. Um if Dr. Leon is on the board has called in if you if you please um, just dial 1 I can see where you are if you're using a number I'm not familiar with. Uh so um uh if you'll do that then I can see you from the 50, no, 30 or 40 callers that we have who are listening on um devices our number is 347-838-9852 if you'd like to share uh your reflections on the farewell of president barack obama or the inauguration or the coming in inaugural speech if you know i'm smart you can listen to me and believe what I say. Also today, um, the number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. Also today, another thing that happened is that um, the duh president, the man who would be king, I want you all to get used to me saying that I am never – I do not even want to call – call his name. So I am calling him the man who would be king. The man who would be king went to the CIA headquarters today. Remember the CIA that he's been bashing for the past three weeks and, and, and essentially making public tweets and public statements that they are incompetent and getting into a pissing match with the director of the cia and the director of the fbi well the man who would be king showed up at the cia headquarters today because i think that he got a real good look after the dossier came out which acute, which reports that he participated in a golden rainstorm or whatever they called it a golden shower You know what a golden shower is, right? I I think you do know what a golden shower is, but in in any case, started this dossier from what is reported to be uh, uh, a counter one of the top counterintelligence agents in the UK, which reports that the Russian government has a record and evidence of the man who would be king's involvement with Putin, the Russian government, Russian financial network, and the Russian mafia, and has participated in some kind of um, menage a trois with prostitutes at the Moscow Rich Carlton, well, remember he got into the pissing match with the CIA? And remember I said a couple of weeks ago, you got to be a moron to get into a pissing match with the FBI and the CIA? I mean, the CIA can literally plant themselves under your mattress, and you would never know anything about it. So... Here's what happened. He went to the CIA today and told them he's got their back, because I think he has a twinkling that when these counterintelligence agents finish investigating his connection to Russia, he's done. So this was to make nice, but on the other hand, it is also a way of going to the CIA to give the warning to the people who work there that he will come for them. So, And and, and then he did it, if you've ever been in the CIA lobby, (laughs) headquarters lobby now, don't get it wrong, don't get it twisted, alpho. I've never been to the CIA headquarters except for being lost, and I had to turn around in the parking lot. So with that said, uh, at Langley, there is a wall for all CIA agents who have – I mean, all of you watch – you watch Homeland, right? Okay. And Homeland – You've seen that wall before with the stars. There's a star placed on a memorial wall in the foyer, which is a huge foyer. And, and, And for every CIA agent who has died in service, in the line of duty. And you know the CIA, right? It seems like, the man who would be king doesn't really know the CIA because if he knew the CIA, he would be messing with them. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm just putting it there. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is kind of like a sacred place for the people, the eight, especially CIA operatives. The man who would be king plants his fat ass in front of the wall and makes this stupid speech about how he's got their back, and they're going to be calling him and saying, okay, we, you, I've got your back too much. He says he's got their back a thousand times and making speeches, but he was really whining because he's a pissy-ass whiner. He was whining about his numbers, being reported by the press during the inauguration now we all saw the pictures and if you compare them to the pictures of uh, former president barack obama's inauguration in 2009 uh, we see we see the picture but the man who would be king goes to the CIA today and says there were people all the way back from the, from the stand all the way back to the Washington Monument. Now, if you've ever been to Washington, if you've ever been to the Lincoln Memorial, if you've ever been to the Capitol, you understand that there, that's a. I mean, I took that walk once. I walked from the Capitol all the way down to the Lincoln Memorial and walked halfway back. I had to sit in a tub of the hottest water ever because I thought I wasn't going to be able to walk the next day. So anyway, you saw the pictures. I'm sure all of you saw the pictures, but he's whining about this in, and in the Memorial Hall in front of the memorial wall at the CIA. Unbelievable. Just simply unbelievable. So um, there were hundreds of thousands of women and men who showed up with their pussy hats on. I love the little pussy hats. There was a woman in our office running around all day Thursday trying to find a pussy hat. She, she told the lady... She found a place that made them, but they, but the place only a knitting place only made them to ship them to Washington, and she was trying to bribe this lady into into this one pussy hat. You all know what the pussy hat is, right? The pink hat with the nipples on it. Okay, so um, there were just hundreds of thousands of women. New York City and Boston was a hundred and twenty five thousand people. You couldn't get on a train, you could in in DC or Atlanta or Chicago or Seattle or San Francisco to even get to the march because of the crowds. And here is this man talking about sending out his press secretary tonight, who didn't even mention it, as though there was no march. Uh, I'm going to ask somebody to be my um, uh, producer. I don't see my administrator, Loga Michelle, in the chat room. But we've got to put out A something We've got to find Dr. Wilmer Leon um, And Quick in and in a, in a hurry <laughs> Our number is 347-838-9852 And we'd love to Hear from you And get your feedback On the inauguration Of the man who would be king On what his presidency is going to mean because i think it's getting real real here's a here's the first thing that he did coming into office the number is 347-838-9852 and you are listening to our common ground and uh, we thank you for joining us on this january 21st 2017 um so The first thing, the, first, the very first thing that he does as president is to sign an order which suspends an order made by former President Barack Obama to cut the premium costs. Of mortgage insurance at FHA that's the first thing it does that that probably is a saving of somewhere between 300 and 500 dollars for lots of homeowners Uh, dr. Leon we're going to ask you to press one so I can see you Um, the second thing that he does is he sends out an order to all federal agencies to suspend any regulatory initiatives that means that if an agency has a regulation that it has not enacted it hasn't acted upon uh, because they were building programs to enact or enforce a regulation to not to do it on Thursday, I noticed that uh, the man who would be king-in-waiting, Mike Pence, made a statement to the press that all cabinet-level positions had been filled. He used the word filled. That is simply not true. This is a kind of lying and propaganda manipulation that's going to be going on until it ends. And I want to salute all the women and men who protested, who showed up to marches today, but to also remind them that that's just the beginning. It is not the end. I want to also remind people that they called it a women's march, but black women did not vote for Donald Trump. Our number is 347-838-9852. You know, I don't do a lot of proselytizing and a lot of uh, you, you should do this and you should do that, but I am really saying here at Our Common Ground, and I have been saying it for years, you got to have an end game. You have got to have a set of principles that direct your strategic plan in your community, in your life, to have the kind of outcome that you need. And if you don't have that, well, you know, per. One of the things uh, that I do want to talk to you about tonight, but I, I do want to uh, talk with you at three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two about what this what this week has meant. Um, I thought that it was a little off putting that that the that we were facing. What we're facing, because folks, the the idea is, if you get a Jeff Sessions, if you get a Ben Carson, if you get a Betsy DeVos or a Tom Pierce, you're up the creek. Betsy DeVos is her billions comes from Amway. You all remember Amway. I was never an Amway customer, but. I kind of understood. It was a con. It was a pyramid scheme. Her family made millions, and she has spent millions to disassemble the notion, the principle, the right of public education for American citizens. Our number is 347-838-9852. Jeff Sessions is not fit to be the sheriff in Selma. But the man who would be king wants him to be the U.S. Attorney General. This is a man who does not believe that the Constitution allows you civil rights. And let me just mention how real it really is getting Is getting this real. It's getting so real that already begun to dismantle the American uh, Health Care Act. They've already done it. They've already begun to disassemble it. You are going to lose the ability to keep your children at the age of 26 up till 26 on your health insurance policy. And and I think we we need to pause and think about what that means. That means if you have an adult child who is who is living with you or who seems to stay in a PhD program forever or who is in Medical school and is a resident or who is uh, helping you uh, because you've gotten older and you need them there. They by the end of next week, you will not be able to have that child, your adult child, on your health insurance. Age eighteen, they're done under what has happened on Friday. Because, you know, the, the GOP promised you they were going to repeal Obamacare. Here's another part. It's already in the way it works, and it will be real on Friday, by Friday. I mean, nobody told me that, but I know how, how these things work. Some government papers don't take as long as other government papers define. By next Friday, I project that the here here is where the insurance company and we're going to have to get Wendell Potter back in here on our common ground. The worst part of Obamacare for the insurance industry was the part where you they had to cover pre-existing conditions that was federal law because I had cancer and and and, and I think we have short memories here um <clears throat> Many of you may not know, I'm a cancer survivor. When I got cancer, I was just completing a a White House fellowship. And what I knew was that if I left the federal government and took another job, health insurance coverage for that other for my next employer would not cover me because I had a pre-existing condition so i had to stay i was stuck because of health
3: insurance
4: there will be many people who have pre-existing conditions who will be stuck or who won't be covered. What does that mean for your community? It means that people who will not have health insurance won't be getting the benefit of free health coverage because the insurance companies and the health care system won't have that gap where they were funding special programs where people who were not covered for whatever reason uh, uh, dealing with the issues of lead poisoning and drinking water. And there you go again. Under what they are doing now, even the children in Flint, Michigan, who were affected by lead poisoning by by edict of the the government who allowed it, they will not be able to go under another health insurance policy because they have a pre-existing condition or they won't, if they get coverage, the coverage won't cover the effects, the outcomes of the lead poisoning. So what good would health insurance do for those children? Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. Um I'm gonna take a break. Uh it's about that time and when I come back I'm hoping I'm fine I gotta go find see this is the problem with poor, independent, poverty stricken um media. I should have a producer who's listening and getting Dr. Leon on the phone to find out where the hell. Because <laughs> I just talked to Leon. I I butt dialed him. Well, I didn't butt dial him. I hit the wrong button and and called him. And I and I and and there I was. You know how how it gets. Excuse me, but who is this? And he says to me, Who is this? I said, Uh. This is Janice Graham. He says, This is Wilma Leon. I said, Oh my God. So it's not but, quite but dialing, but it's kind of like but dialing. Our number is 347 838 9852. Please don't wait until we get our guests in to uh, call and talk about what all of this means. Because it, de- it has definitely gotten real. Uh, we have a press and the media in this country who are getting afraid. This is like Joe McCarthy bullshit. This is as close as any of us in our lifetime have gotten to fascism. And I'm very, very cautious about using that word. But I think that we need to consider what happens when we have top leadership, political leadership, who's willing to lie, manipulate, con their way into making more money? And I think that's what this president is doing. Did you all see about the plagiarized cake? And that's another thing I want to talk to you about at three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. Somebody please call me and talk to me about this. Because I believe that this guy, the man who would be president, the man who essentially was elected by the system rather than the people. Well, I have to take that back. But, you know, Mark Thompson and I... Um, kind of agree on this point something happened in Wisconsin Michigan and Pennsylvania you, you, do you have any ideas about what happened um, and how this all happened because it's just very hard for me to believe it's not hard for me to believe that 62% of the people who voted for Donald Trump are white women that's not hard for me to believe i, uh, I, I that's not hard for me to believe because I, I I believe that white supremacy works in some very mysterious ways. There's a lot of stuff that works in some mysterious ways, but that's one of them three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. I'm Janice Graham, and this is our common ground.
1: It has been the honor of my life to serve you. I won't stop. In fact, I will be right there with you as a citizen for all my remaining days. But for now, whether you are young or whether you're young at heart, I do have one final ask of you as your President, the same thing I asked when you took a chance on me eight years ago. I'm asking you to believe not in my ability to bring about change but in yours.
0: And bad breaks and natural so,
5: So
2: What's happening, America? We're at the top of the hour. Dr. Wilmer Leon here. You're going inside the issues. And my question is, what are we voting for? And if, as a community, we now have an administration that does not believe in targeted programs to deal with our disproportionate unemployment in Detroit is up to 50% in the black community in New York is up to 50% in the black community if we are disproportionately being impacted by the home foreclosure crisis but the president doesn't believe in a moratorium on home foreclosure you know if if politics if, if participation in politics is supposed to result in policy outcomes that benefit those that are participating, then what are we doing?
5: Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Listening to our common ground with Janice Graham.
4: You're confused, you're confused, you're confused, you're outrated. 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 You can't you then you need some real, raw, and right now. Find your cure at the I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. With India Declare. She brings you real, raw, and right now. Believe me, just right. Every single. Don't believe it, just right.
5: It's India. Hey, 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 I oh, declare real raw right now. I declare it. India declare. Real, raw, and right now.
3: And what he continues to do is really stand for uh, the most wealthy in our country and not on the side of all Americans. And so it's basically, I think, what he intends to do as
4: president, and I haven't seen yet, that he's gonna stand up for everyone. Here with our brother, our colleague, Dr. Wilmer Leon of Inside the Issues with Dr. Leon. He can be heard on Sirius XM Radio on Saturdays. Author, professor of political science, Dr. Wilmer Leon. We're glad to have him with us, and we're glad to have you with us. Stay tuned.
5: Now, back to our common ground.
4: Doctor Wilma Leon, am I a fool to love you?
2: Uh, I hope not.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I had played. A- just for you. <laughs> it how are happens. You? It happens. I'm good. I'm good. Um, thank you for joining us tonight. I have been talking about your book and talking about all the things that have happened this weekend and today and this and, and how real this stuff has gotten uh in this country. But first I wanna thank you and remind people the book is politics, another perspective. And you can pick it up at wilmerleon.com. I, I I do have to buy another copy because guess what? I didn't buy the Some one where you signed it.
2: No. You what now? Oh. Oh, we will remedy that in in very short order.
4: You know, when we came on the air, I talked. Uh, I, I've talked about some of the sections of the book and remembering the, the many essays that I enjoyed over the years as you followed the career of uh, Barack Obama, the campaign and the election and administration of Barack Obama, and so impressed that one of the my most treasured mentors, Ron Walters, wrote uh, the preface uh, for this book, and um, tell us what it's been like to be on this journey, Wilmer.
2: Well, it, it has. Uh, journey is a very good way to describe it, um, and 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 knowing that to show you how long it's been, Dr. Walters wrote that in two thousand and nine.
4: Nine and
2: in two thousand and nine, and it is such an honor for me to to have been able to have him write that uh but you know the book uh you know life i say i say life has a way of getting in the way of living and um so in in the course of writing the book uh my mother passed, then my father passed, and there were just you know ups and downs and 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 sometimes it seemed like I would never be able to get it done but fortunately um you know fortunately we we were able to get it finished and and uh I'm very very proud of it and um I'm getting a very good response to it and I think it is incredibly relevant to this day
4: as as you should and uh I want you to know I talked to the president of Suffolk University uh, on yesterday and suggested that he read the book and that um, he's a former um, president of the law school at Suffolk and suggested that he have oh. you sometime this um, this semester uh, oh, over you. at the law school. So uh, I, I'm just so impressed that you have published it, that you have had such a the courage to take your professional expertise, other than the talk show host, and and put it together in this way. Because the last time you were in, on uh, with us, we talked about you were still working on the book. Um, yes, because it, get, it it informs our history, and I'm suggesting to people who are listening to us tonight that these are essays that are easily read by yes. teenagers and adults and for those of you who need who are still struggling with the with with the presidency of Barack Obama it brings a a kind of clarity understanding what was happening at the time of whatever event that you felt disappointed, satisfied, unsatisfied, angry, and enraged. And I think all of us have experienced some of that uh, during the course of his presidency. Wilmer... Well, I... I
0: Go ahead. Well, no, I
2: appreciate you saying that. Yeah, go
4: ahead. I wanted to ask you to... um, to kind of briefly talk about uh, what it has meant to have lenses in such detail on this African-American who sat in the White House, his family. Uh, what it, it, I'm, I'm sure that there were contradictions, that you had internal contradictions about uh, putting a lens to him.
2: Well, yes, yes, and no. Um, first of all, thank you for 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 the compliment. Uh, both Dr. Walters as well as um, uh, you know some uh, other folks that, that contributed um, uh, to the book have uh, were were very very clear in in being sure that I had the, the book properly organized. Uh, not only Dr. Walters, but also uh, dr. Clarence Lusain, um were helped me with being sure that I understood that how the book needed to be or- organized thematically um, but in terms of Walt in terms of um excuse me in in terms of the lens on the president um, it, it it was challenging because we all started off with so much hope we all started off with uh With such high expectations, based upon uh the campaign that he ran and 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 the and so many things that he told us that he was going to accomplish, and you know they say that the greatest uh uh disappointments come from unrealistic expectations and so, as we started to see that a number of the things that he told us were not that that he told us would happen were not going to happen as we started to see him compromise on things that we were really expecting him to fight for, uh, I had to be sure that I stayed policy-focused and that it did not come a matter of personal attack or personal critique because I've never met the man. So as a political scientist, I had to be sure that that I kept the focus on policy. And giving the same level of scrutiny and analysis that I would give to that I gave and would give to any president, and that has resulted in 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 some readers not being happy uh, but that that also has resulted in a number of people appreciating the fact that uh, I was able to give a historical perspective to current events. And whether or not they agreed with my conclusions, they were at least the readers that, to the, for the most part, have at least been uh, um, comfortable with my process and with the depth of my analysis.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, why – I mean, you were writing continuously about this presidency. and. Mm-hmm. The issues were so clear, and 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 the reflection on history was 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 so pronounced. Why is it that you didn't have a relationship with this president, and some others did?
2: Uh, I think it's <laughs> it. it <laughs> uh, that's a very good question. Um, I think it's twofold. One is uh, I found, and others have uh, validated this that those around the president uh, have been incredibly protective of the president and so much so that they, they don't take criticism. Well, and so my, my efforts once it once, and and the other thing is whether it was the president or even whether it was during the Bush administration and my reaching out to uh, Condoleezza Rice or some of the others, um, I always preferred to be honest than worry about access. So if, if if someone's willingness to grant me an interview was contingent upon how favorable they interpreted my analysis, then I wasn't going to get very far. But but mm-hmm. but getting access has never been um, has never been my primary focus. I I I tell my my listeners all the time that as much as I would have loved to have had a sit down with President Obama, if that meant that I had to compromise um, the the depth of my analysis, I'll I'll give you the analysis and he can keep his interview. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now let me let me point out one of the. Uh, pieces in the book that really, really caught my attention, and I read it in the first pass of the book, because the minute you announced a book was, was available, of course, I went running uh, to the other place and <laughs> <laughs> bought the book. But it's the essay, it's number 58. Black Republicans in 2010, Symbolism versus Practical Politics. And you wrote mm-hmm. this and you published it, and I have it on my website, uh, June 22, 2010. See, that's why you all l- who are listening need to make sure you get to my website, because everything that Wilma Leon writes, I repost on the website. <laughs> everything that Tommy Curry writes, I reposted on my website everything that Pascal Robert, Yvette Carnell, uh, Antonio Montero, uh, Chauncey De Vega writes. I posted on our Common Ground Voices page on my website, and that's ourcommonground.com. But in this in this essay. I came away where you write, according to the New York Times, Alan West, a black Republican candidate for Congress in Florida, said, I ran in 2008 and raised half a million dollars, and the state party didn't support me and the national party didn't support me. Today he says that things look great. And you end the the piece with, it is imperative that African Americans wield power in both parties. But power is demonstrated by substantive policy output. Is that not something that Black Republicans have yet to learn?
2: Well, I would have to say they they have yet to learn it, based upon the fact that whenever I have a discussion, whether it's with Armstrong Williams, or whether it is with um, uh, oh shoot, I'm drawing a, oh Paris Denard or some of these more, um, uh, Raynard you know, Jackson, Raynard Jackson. Uh, and I asked the question, name me three substantive pieces of policy.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> name me, name and me. And I three. love Karen.
4: I, I mean, uh, <laughs> Go ahead.
2: Oh, I, I do, I do as well. Karen is a, Karen is a, is a, is a, is, I consider Karen to be a good friend of mine. Um, I mm-hmm. asked, I asked them to name me three substantive pieces of policy that the party has um has initiated that is uh targeted towards and beneficial to the african american community and they can't do it and i say to them but but policy output is supposed to be the objective of politics that that is that's what we're that's what you know as a political constituency you're supposed to be focused on policy output that meets your needs and addresses your issues. And if and if your party isn't doing that, you might be in the wrong place. So mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know uh and, and but one here's more a point discussion. Uh-huh. Go
4: ahead, Ruby Sales.
2: Well yeah, Ruby Ruby Sales puts it in the context of uh and, and sometimes you have to uh determine who's going to give you the most space in which to operate and then operate within that space. And mm-hmm. I don't think that our politics has matured to the point to where we understand how to leverage that.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, when one of the things that occurs to me, um, Dr. Wilman Leon, is that, Um, many black Republicans end up being black Republicans because somehow they think they're smarter than the rest of us and they know something that we don't know and that they are chosen uh, selected and underscored by the people who draw them there and I I think that they think that they are special and and I've tested that a the board with all of the black uh, poly, um, Republicans that I know as we scratch our heads um, with them trying to infuse us with how successful we might be politically in that party or being part of that party. And that is, you know, the whole thing, you know, when I think about it and I think about all the people who are coming back to government, all the black Republicans who are going to uh, vie for a seat. And I look at, um, you know, the spectacle that the man who would be king has made of some black people who – have no substantive positioning in our community like Kanye West. I mean Kanye White or whatever mm-hmm. his name Kanye White and um Jim Brown who I had started admiring for a modicum of a minute <laughs> around the work that he was doing uh, uh at the beginning of the of the Obama administration um and and now um, Martin Luther King III and I mean he's bringing all the people who are important in the back door and bringing all the black people dragging them out in the front door um, Omarosa uh, and others you know Alfonso Jackson will and his wife will now uh, Rainard, um Jackson will be coming back up all of these people who have no real connection, who do not understand, and who will distort the narrative of black people in this country and their history. Uh, It it really is troubling, which is why I pointed out that particular essay in this book, Politics, Another Perspective, uh, Commentary and Analysis on Race, War, Ethics, and the American political landscape in the age of Obama folks by a real political scientist who understands the nature of s- political science
6: and well,
4: its reflection uh, in history Get the book y'all Your your your
2: your comment your your observation I think is 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 quite apt and and accurate uh two things to to what you said First of all one of the big mistakes that a lot of the not all but a lot of the african-american republicans make is they have forgotten that the african-american struggle has always been successful when the focus has been on the collective instead of the individual so Mm -hmm. they can they can tout personal success but what they have been able to accomplish personally Uh, does not necessarily translate across the community. The other thing I think is important to remember, and it ties back to that initial point, and this is why in a lot of what I write, I always try to give a historical context for current events. We have to understand that the rise of African Americans in the Republican Party in its current context started in the Nixon administration and what what Richard Nixon did was he offered us black capitalism and black capitalism whether it well capitalism in and of itself is primarily an individualistic pursuit it it does, it capitalism does not concern itself with the benefit of the collective which is why Dr King said very clearly that he was a democratic socialist a la Bernie Sanders um, so so there's a there's a great disconnect be in my opinion between what a lot of African American Republicans want to try to offer the community as an enticement to come to the party because they will do well for themselves but again the policies that are being promoted don't benefit us as, as across the uh, as a as a collective. And the final point, one of the names that you mentioned, and I won't call which one, said to me, in fact, uh, said uh, in the course of a of a TV show. Um, I could say more, but I won't, because I'm in position. I'm in line for a position within the Trump administration and uh i'm not going to jeopardize that position so what that's saying to me is you can't speak the truth because you're afraid of speaking the truth and what that'll do to jeopardize your personal circumstance so you're going to lie to the community so that you can be sure that your paycheck is fat and 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 for me i, I have no i i you know i i'd rather die broke and true than uh than than than, than, rich in a lie,
4: mhm, mhm. Let me ask you as a political scientist, and I do want to talk about going forward and the instrumentation in which we have, but as a political scientist, our history tells us that the black church has always been part of the mechanism to move black political empowerment um My sense today is that the black church and black church leadership has lost its agency in the body politics of the black community. Am I reading this correctly?
2: Uh, Yes and no. Uh, I think that you're, to a certain degree, you're you're romanticizing the role that the black church has played in in the furtherance of our struggle because just look within the context of dr king there were a lot of ministers a lot of african-american ministers in in a number of congregations that were not behind him you know now everybody falls in lock in lockstep in lockstep as we uh uh, romanticize the uh, um the icon but in terms of the day to day and i'm not saying that the black church was not did not play a positive role what i'm saying is that it was not nearly as uh uh unified of a force as as we now want to make it out to be but with that being said to your to your your your, your closing question yes and i the black church is definitely failing and i think a lot of the uh, a lot of the blame can go to looking at this rise of the prosperity ministry, and I, I will say that I believe that the prosperity ministry is a fraud, and I will say that I and I will say that the prosperity ministers are frauds, and that they are more concerned with growing their edifices, getting better cars and bigger jets and better alligator shoes. Than they are with sending kids to college, developing uh, micro banks, and and providing the level of support that the community actually needs.
4: I get it. I I, I get that. You know, one of the things I love, I have a clip, but I'm not going to play it tonight. With Fannie Lou Hamer saying, "You can pray all you want, but until you get up off your knees." and do something, God is not gonna put it in your lap. And I think I, that's I, another prong of that question.
2: I had a caller today, he's a regular caller into the show and, and um, I heard
4: it. He, he's,
2: a, <laughs> you he's a he's were, you a he's a very
0: beating people up today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he's a he, he's a very thoughtful thoughtful brother, but his he started into this conversation about uh, the plan for liberation in the community has to be a divine plan, and I understand, you know, that 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 there is a place for prayer, and I under you know, and, and I also understand that there are forces bigger than us that are uh, at play uh, within our realities. But I close the comment or close the discussion by saying, God helps those who help themselves. So. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we to 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 Mrs. Hamer's point. Uh if we if if we spend all our time praying, uh or as Malcolm said, we spend too much time singing and not enough time swinging. So, uh, you know, um again, there there of course there is there is the need, there is the space uh, for prayer, there is the space for the church. Uh but we also have to be sure that 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 we do our jobs and and if we do our jobs God will do his or hers.
4: Absolutely. Um, for those of you who are just joining us, we are talking with Dr. Wilman J. Leon. He is the author of Politics, Another Perspective and you can go to WilmanLeon.com dot com to purchase this book using your PayPal account. It is self published uh, Wilma, I did want to ask you about your discu- your decision about self-publishing for all of those people out there who are thinking about writing books. Uh, how did you come to that decision?
2: Well, when you get ten to twelve no letters, and you and you're trying to find a go letter, uh, <laughs> you you know I I I tried the conventional route um, because these pieces had been previously published uh because I was not a uh a big name uh I mm-hmm. could not find I could not find a traditional publisher to uh to take the project so
0: mm-hmm.
2: and looking at how long I had worked on it I just decided that I got to get this thing out I got to get the project mm-hmm. done and so I decided that going through the self-publishing route uh was the way to go also because I was not really as concerned about uh, putting out a quote unquote scholarly book as i was putting out something that was well organized well structured well written and would be easily uh digestible to the to the general audience so uh, okay. so the fact that it was self published then um in terms of where that would fit in terms of uh Getting tenure in a university and all that kind of stuff—I wasn't—I was not concerned about that. So, mm-hmm. uh, and be- be- so that, so that, so that, those—that's pretty much why I went the route that I went.
4: And because of that, we want to encourage people to uh, contribute to the tour, book tour uh, yes. that you have planned for the book, and you can do that by going to. GoFundMe.com Politics Another Perspective and I'm placing that in our um, uh, chat room so that people can make a contribution Uh, I think it's uh, you know we have got to stop thinking that all of this stuff happens uh, (laughs) because it happens uh, and, and let me
2: quickly explain let, if, let me quickly explain that uh because the book is self published um th- th- there is no marketing uh, there is no marketing uh budget there is no travel mm-hmm. budget so if if someone wants me to come to a bookstore in detroit uh for example or come come to los angeles i have to buy the books up front i have to have the book shipped to the store i have to pay uh, to travel out there and, and all of that. Um, so some would say, well, then, you know, you should have known that when you wrote the book. Well, I did, um, which is why the book is out there. Uh, but now that people are, 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 are reading the book, finding the book to be of value, and I'm getting requests to come and travel and, and speak, uh, I'm asking the community for their support. Uh, no uh, contribution is too small and I'm asking the community for their support so that I can come out and do what I – there is no – there's very, very, very little profit in this project. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I – so people need to understand that um, uh, I had to pay everything up front to get the book done, and uh, that was not a small investment when you see – and the quality of the book. Um it, it it doesn't look quote unquote traditionally self published. So um anyway, that's that's where the money goes to those who, who will be gracious enough to make a contribution.
4: Now I know you've been at um Poets and
2: Um uh, Bus uh, Bus Boys and Poets?
4: Bus Bus Boys and Poets in uh, No, James I
2: have DC. not been there yet. No.
4: Oh okay. I haven't been okay. there yet. So we should be We're calling them that. and telling them you should be there.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, Nisi's Boutique in Mount Rainier, Maryland, uh, uh, she has a wonderful, wonderful shop, and, and she has uh, been an incredible supporter and has had me in her shop uh, twice uh, for book signings. And, uh, you know, this is just where a, 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 a sister with a small business in the community saw the value in the project. She listens to the show every week like you do, and she said, this brother is putting some information out there that is of value, and I'm going to support him any way I can. And she has been an incredible, incredible support.
4: Okay. For those of you who want to really study black politics and to understand the history of Barack Obama as president, as candidate, uh, as a rising star in this country. The book is Politics, Another Perspective by Dr. Wilmer J. Leon, and you can get it at wilmerleon.com. You also, if you prefer... You won't get a hand-signed copy if you go to Amazon.com, <laughs> and you can go True. to Niecy's in Rainier, uh, Maryland.
0: I yeah, want and, to and remind you. There.
4: Yeah, I, oh, they are. I want yeah, to remind you. the ones that are This is a collection of op-eds written by Dr. Leon, writings providing cutting-edge analysis of the various issues that influence the American geopolitical landscape since 2006. He is the author, but one of the things, he is still my colleague and host of Inside the Issues with Dr. Wilma Leon, and we're going to take a break, and when we come back, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking to the host of Inside the Issues on Sirius XM Radio, my number one listening site on Saturday.
0: <laughs> you stay you.
4: tuned. This is Our Common Ground, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Our Common Ground. Thank you for being with us tonight. Guess who we've got with us tonight. What's happening, America? We're
2: at the top of the hour. Dr. Wimmer Leon here. you going Inside the Issues.
4: Oh, yeah. We interrupt this broadcast bring this important bulletin from the United Press.
0: We interrupt this broadcast, bring this important
1: voting from the United Press. We interrupt this broadcast, bring this important voting from the United Press. We want to interrupt your simple life to tell you that mainstream media is not telling you the truth. Subscribe to the Black Agenda Report.
4: Get the truth, the insight, and the analysis. The Black Agenda Report. You've been warned and fortified. The Black Agenda Report. You're confused. You're confused. You're out. You're out. You're confused. confused. You're Outrated. 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 You are You you can not you can not Then you need some real, raw, and right now. Find your cure. At the I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m., with India Declare. She brings you real, raw, and right now. Believe me, just right. Every Tuesday, Don't believe me, just right. 9 p.m., Don't live. Me, just right.
5: It's India. Hey, hey, hey. I Declare. Real, raw, right now? I Declare it. India Declare. Real, raw, and right now.
0: Because our society is only as strong as all its individuals, the United Negro College Fund has helped educate thousands of doctors and researchers. But we need more. Thousands of architects and engineers. But we need more. Thousands of teachers and biologists. But we need more. And when disease, injustice, pollution, poverty, and countless other problems threaten to pull us apart, We had better educate every single person with the potential to solve our problems. And to educate more people, we need more of your help. Give to the United Negro College Fund. With so much at stake, a mind is a terrible thing to waste.
2: What's happening, America? We're at the top of the hour. Dr. Wilmer Leon here. You're going inside the issues. And my question is... What are we voting for? And if, as a community, we now have an administration that does not believe in targeted programs to deal with our disproportionate unemployment, in Detroit it's up to 50% in the black community, in New York it's up to 50% in the black community, if we are disproportionately being impacted by the home foreclosure crisis, but the president doesn't believe in a moratorium on home foreclosure, You know, if, if politics, if, if participation in politics is supposed to result in policy outcomes that benefit those that are participating, then what are we doing?
5: Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham.
4: And what he continues to do is really stand for... uh,
3: the most wealthy in our country, and not on the side of all Americans. And so it's basically, I think, what he intends to do as president, and I haven't seen yet, that he's gonna stand up for everyone.
4: We're here with our brother, our colleague, Dr. Wilmer Leon of Inside the Issues with Dr. Leon. He can be heard on Sirius XM Radio on Saturdays. Author, professor of political science, Dr. Wilmer Leon. We're glad to have him with us, and we're glad to have you with us. Stay tuned.
5: Our common ground.
4: Now you know Wilma, I, I couldn't have you at our common ground without some good jazz. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and uh, th- I was sitting here listening to that, thinking about my parents. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah.
2: That's where I got my ear from. You know, my folks. Um, they they uh they went to the first fifty. Uh Monterey Jazz Festivals. They didn't they didn't miss they didn't miss a one for fifty years. And um wow. uh, I got I got my ear from my parents.
4: Well, you know, uh it's really interesting how music forms our lives. Um my dad was a big uh, fan of big band music.
0: Uh huh.
4: And, um, he played trumpet at Florida A&M University. So, um,
0: mm. Mm.
4: He, had a, he had a wonderful ear, and he introduced me very early when I was about 11. I got my first stereo. And I haven't stopped since. As a matter of fact, I just got, um, in December, um, some of the best speakers I ever had in my life,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> and I have been wearing them out. I just finished buying my collection of Little Jimmy Scott.
2: Oh, great! Okay, yeah, beautiful Yeah, voice.
4: I, I beautiful yeah, voice. I just, I just absolutely love him. Uh, one of my big decisions every day is which playlist I'm going to be using, um, and I'm, I'm never, ever without music. Thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground. We're talking with Dr. Wilmer Leon, now the host of Inside the Issues on XM, serious XM Radio, and uh, Wilmer, I want to kind of move us into where we are now. Uh, What your thoughts are about this new administration and what they're doing and what the campaign, how the campaign is informing uh, things like the Women's March today, which was extraordinary because it wasn't just in the United States. It was millions of people protesting bringing attention to and getting ready to resist uh what they expect what they project we're going to get out of this administration talk to us about that
2: well you know the march uh was a fantastic fantastic event and i think that that march should serve notice to those in the community who are wondering what they can do, what they should do, how they should go about doing it, uh, people in the community who might view uh, solutions to their issues as being too daunting of tasks. Um, this march came about out of the out of one woman's idea, and she sent out a tweet. and based upon that tweet generated momentum. And once the momentum got started, other people joined in and it and i'm I'm being simplistic here, but the basics are are correct uh it It wound up being the march that we saw on television today,
0: so mm-hmm.
2: you know i to to those who um are sitting at home and seeing these challenges as being too daunting, I always ask the question. What if Dr. King, since he is our icon, what if Dr. King had waited for the next Dr. King? And 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 so what we have to understand is that uh, the guy that we revere as the icon was not the guy that started the Montgomery bus boycott. So you know he he entered into the fray to solve one problem in Montgomery, Alabama.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: from that momentum was created and he wound up being the icon that we now revere and we in love. To your to your question about where we are now, um one thing I say is it's hard for me to tell to to speak about Donald Trump personally because he's He's been a very hard guy to get a beat on because he's so inconsistent, he's so inco- incoherent, he is so contradictory, that you, and, and you have no idea what his worldview is. So what I think we've had to do is look at the people that he is surrounding himself with, looking at the people that he is nominating to be members of his cabinet, and that's a frightening, frightening collection of people. And then the other thing I think you have to look at is the first thing he did when after he sw- uh, uh, swore the oath of office was took down the White House website on global warming. And then the next thing he did was took down the White House website on civil rights and civil liberties and replaced that with some foolishness about uh, protecting the police. So, those types of things, I think are bellwethers. They are giving us real clear uh they are real clear examples and giving us real clear understanding that we are in for a fight every step of the way mhm
4: mm-hmm. What will all of this mean to the the legacy of uh Barack Obama
2: if Donald Trump has his way? Uh, you won't even remember who Bar- in in a hundred days you'll be saying Barack who because he's <laughs> he's doing he's doing everything in his power and now I, and I, and I will say this and and this is and I hope people clearly understand the context in which I'm speaking. One of the things that you have to respect about Donald Trump, which I think was an incredibly large mistake that President Obama made. Donald Trump came in here and he's letting you know who's running the show. Mm-hmm.
4: Donald Trump mm-hmm. came in
2: here he's not trying to make and,
4: any friends.
2: No, he's not. And 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 people you know, because you heard the, if you you heard the show today, you know, we don't under, we don't understand what Barack Obama was up against. What I do understand is that Barack Obama didn't push back on what he was up against. And and that Donald Trump is coming in swinging. And and he's saying I'm the president, I'm in charge, and I'm I'm starting these uh, executive orders and and undoing what President Obama did. I'm starting that right now. And when you listen That's to right. his to his address, he he basically said every president before me has, has been a waste of time, a crook, and you all haven't gotten anything from it. And I'm here to change the day now.
4: Even can, even his African Americans. Even
2: even his African American, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But you,
4: well, one of the things that that uh, has 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 occurred to me um, in the last couple of days is that you're absolutely right. If Donald Trump had been Barack Obama, he would have pardoned. Leonard Pelletier, Asada yep. Shakur, and anybody yep. else he could find to make y'all pissed off.
2: Marcus Garvey.
4: Marcus Garvey, that's right. And, uh, and Mamia Abu Jamal. Thank you. He would have done
2: it. And now here's the thing, Marcus Garvey. I uh, I have to check to see how long he's been dead. So 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 pardoning uh, Marcus Garvey would have been nothing but a symbolic gesture. So where's the harm there? Uh, Leonard Peltier, the prosecutor in the case against Leonard Peltier, came out publicly and said, it's time for this thing to end. Prosecuting him was a mistake. If the prosecutor says that, the president then has all the cover he needs. To uh, to yep. um, to pardon Leonard Peltier. Mm-hmm, Leonard Peltier mm-hmm. now will die in prison.
4: That's right.
0: That's
4: right. Now, um, one of the things but, that has infuriated me throughout the two terms of Barack Obama is his unwillingness to step up and take whatever heat he needs in the face of truth, fact. And having the moral authority.
2: And most importantly, the bully pulpit. He has the largest microphone in the world. He is a very smart guy. He is a very articulate guy. And And he is contrary to what most will say, he was the great communicator. One thing that brother can do is talk. And so for him not to be able to find the voice to speak to the American people with the overwhelming majority that he won with and explain to the American people why he's doing the things he's doing, I don't understand it. I don't understand how why he why he remained so silent on so many critical issues for so long.
4: Well, you know, and and there has never been a president that hasn't gone into federal agencies and found key people who have supported their programs and initiatives and regulatory direction and not made their appointment permanent. Yes. Yeah. Barack Obama did yes. not do that. I mean, Uh, um, when George Bush came in, um, Bill Clinton did it. When George Bush was going out, he did it, which is why the federal government is so filled with so many conservative Republicans sitting in key places. And he has, and Barack Obama failed to do that. That Uh, process
2: started with Richard Nixon. Yes. Richard Nixon was the first one to recognize how to make his agenda permanent uh, within the rank and file of civil service.
4: That's right. He has left key people, especially in civil rights divisions and agencies across the board, so vulnerable that – they won't recover and people are leaving the federal service. Black people are leaving yes. the federal service in droves
0: Correct. because they're,
4: they're, Correct. they're, they're vulnerable. Now, uh, unlike me, I decided to stay an extra year because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing that exhilarates me more than fighting the power.
2: <laughs> <I understand. laughs>
4: but here is, a, a, a man who most of us recognize has some serious bigly problems.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, yes, he does. But
4: when he was elected, he began to to behave as though he were already installed as president, and we've seen that, especially in the last two weeks. Yes. So now we have an attorney, a U.S. Attorney General, Jeff Sessions we have a secretary of hud which is which most people don't realize that the urban development part of hud is as important as the housing part yes and absolutely right we've got ben carson who doesn't bother as my sister would say he doesn't bother to open his eyes how can you run <laughs> something and not open your eyes <laughs> We've got Betsy DeVos, who has nothing to lose and everything to gain uh, in her quest to dismantle public education. And we don't have a clue, and we're not going to have time. And I'm going to have to have you back as one of my one of the the. The objectives I had for tonight is to talk to you about the Gary Convention, which was in nineteen seventy two yes. on March tenth yes. and I was there as a young person full of fire um with me and my brothers and sisters who um mm. had decided that it was time you know when you when uh-huh. you when you think about my relationships with people like Uh, Ron Daniels and Clarence Lusain and Bob Law and Ron Mm -hmm. Walters um, and a young uh, Mark Thompson, a very young Mark Thompson, and some who have uh, gone on. I can't think of the brother's name right now, who I absolutely love from D.C., who died of cancer about six years ago, seven years ago.
2: Oh, Um uh, oh, shoot, I just saw his name a couple of days ago. Um, God, I can't think uh, of his name. It, it, it'll come to me in a second. It'll, it'll come to me in a Which second. Which is
4: why our Common Ground is going to be having a co-host uh, coming up, and we're going to be talking about that uh, before we leave tonight. Uh, Dr. Leon, we have one caller, and the caller is calling very late Um, People tend to do that at Our Common Ground. 314, you're on the air. I respect you. 314, you're on the air. Hiya.
6: Well, I'm not going to take a minute, but uh, no, Betsy DeVos, she can implement school choice with full vouchers and stop penalizing schools like the Department of Education Oh, here we go.
4: Isn't this what's-his-name? Okay. Okay, and I know you like school vouchers and you think that's the best way to go, but school vouchers have a number of prongs. You and I have talked about this before. I'm going to let you talk to Woman Leon about that.
2: Well, I would just say that um, school vouchers, school choice, charter schools, uh they work for a few i'm more concerned about fixing the system so that every child in the city every child in the district has the same opportunity for the same level of education as everybody else so pulling money out of the system in order to provide for school choice does not solve the problem what it does is it it, it facilitates the erosion of the system because it it it- it it privatizes or quasi privatizes a public system, which is I think is why uh DeVos has been has been put there
6: well, if I could respond and I'm going to do it real fast i I think that parents have a right to put their children where they want to. You got some extraordinary learners they should not be confined and locked into a deplorable system. Parents should have the choice to, to put their child well, where what they we're want talking to, about. If and we fix the, the money system, should follow.
4: All parents.
6: You're, if we fix the system, not, fix the system. What well, could fix I finish? System, I only got one students. more system. I just got one more thing to say. I mean, I, I you keep cutting me off. I am not going to sacrifice my child to be sitting in a classroom or in a building. Where nothing is happening. If people want to sacrifice their children to that, fine. All blacks are not the same. Fix the system. Thank you. Fix the system. Well, um, see that's I... the thing.
2: That that's the thing that that that, that just with, with with these with these these uh, voucher advocates, they want to yak 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 about no, we shouldn't have to put our children in substandard schools. Fix the darn system. That's the the answer to the
4: question. Fix the system. in the in the schools because Betsy DeVos, no matter what you have to say, if you are a parent and you want to have a stellar educational system for your child, you begin to work for that. You don't begin to privatize education in America so that you can, there is no firewall for your black child called charter schools, called school vouchers, because when your child gets to that top school, then guess what? Firewalls don't exist for black children.
2: And here's and here's my part of my question to to a lot of these parents: Are you sending your child into the system prepared to read? read, read reading? Are you sending your child into the system with understanding the proper behavior and deportment in the classroom? Are you going to the PTA meetings? Are you going to the parent teacher conferences? Are you engaged? every day in the education of your child at home and in the school does the teacher in does your child's teacher know your name and know what you look like when they bump into you in the grocery store and if the answer is no then all the privatization all the all the vouchers and all of the uh uh charter schools in the world are not going to help your ignorant child
4: exactly and then there's another side of it, Wilmer, that we don't consider, and that is the charter system. The charter school system is simply another neoliberal ruse. That's because what they're it hiring is. they're hiring teachers at a lower pay who are not trained to be in the classrooms yet. They are employing the same rules, regulations, and behavioral guidelines that are used in prisons. So if your child is black, they're exposed. So the thing to do is to fix the educational and school system in your community. Wilmer, I wish we had uh, a lot more time to spend with you. You're going to have to come back. Maybe you can um, um, host this show for a week. Now tell people how they can listen to you at Sirius XM Radio. Go buy a new car. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I am on I am Let on Sirius you, XM.
4: I tell people all the time. I was the 15th number 15 subscriber to a Sir, oh, really? to XM Radio. I I think I told so you been, this before. I've yeah, got it, You've been listening XM to me a long time yep i be, i got an x m radio <laughs> in my house in my car on all my computers
2: <laughs> and on your computers there you go so, I, I so know. that's the simplest thing that people can do is they can they can go to uh, SiriusXM, uh dot com and they can they can they can subscribe and get access through their computers uh there are a number of uh portable devices that they can uh that they can get Uh, that will allow them to listen to the range of programming, whether it's music, whether it's comedy, whether it's uh, talk radio, that that they would love to hear. Uh, I'm on Saturdays from 11 to 2 p.m. Eastern time on Channel 126. And uh, you can also go to my website, wilmerleon.com. You can get my book. You can see my latest op-eds. You can follow me there. I'm on Twitter as, as well as Facebook, all that information is at wilmerleon.com.
4: Well, Dr. Wilmer Leon, you know we wish you so much luck both in your show because I'm, I, I have already written two letters to, to Sirius Radio saying that you should be on the air Monday through Friday and Saturday um, and that we want people to buy your book and we wish you well because Thank this you. is Thank you, Janice. history in my hand.
2: Hey, I'd like to get and, you on uh, on my show, if possible, since you talked about the Gary Convention. Uh, obviously, you heard my show today, and someone called in asking about a plan, and I said, read the Gary Convention doctrine. And so I, I think you would agree that that would be a great place for us to start.
4: Absolutely. And would love to have
2: you come on and talk about it, since you were there.
4: And And I love the idea, and I really – uh, push the idea that there is already a black agenda. It was set in 1972 and reset right. in in 2006 when the yes. Gary Convention was re- reconvened.
2: Reconvened. And
4: yes. we need the mechanisms in which to put that in place. Dr. Wilson, so I'm going to reach out to you this you so week and we're going to get
2: you on. Thank you, Janice. Okay. Take care.
4: Okay. Right. Okay. okay. Dr. Wilmer Leon, you can hear him on Sirius XM Radio. And I'm going to tell you that a subscription to Sirius XM Radio on your computer is only $12 a month. Um, If you have a car with XM Radio, uh, it's a little bit more. Uh, If you have a XM Radio like I do in my house, uh, it's a little bit more. But for twelve dollars on your computer, you can listen to XM Radio. And Urban View has um, many of you probably already listened to to Joe Madison and um, Maggie Linton and um, um, <clears throat> Doctor Leon, uh, Karen Hunter. Reverend uh, Al Sharpton is on Urban View, on, and it's Channel 126. Thank you all for uh, being with us here tonight. I do want to tell you that we're going to be going off the air uh, for a while, um, and there are reasons for that. But when we come back, we're not giving up our common ground. I'm I'm going to be having a series of meetings this week uh, to talk with people about hosting the show uh, on um, Saturdays while I am away. Um, And this is part of how it's getting real in my life. But when we come back, uh, as I told you before, I am setting up a series of co-hosts. Dr. Tommy J. Curry will be my co-host for the month of March. Pascal Robert will be my co-host for um, April. Yvette Carnell for May. Dr. Ruby Sales for June. For July, uh, Reverend Susan K. uh, Smith. Um, and um, if we are able to come back for February for um, the celebrations of black history, um, Zakiya Jabbar uh, will be my co-host. We thank you so very much, and we thank uh, Dr. Uh, Wilma Leon for being with us, and for those of you who do not know, you can join us. On Facebook, information flows all week long on our Facebook page at OCG Talk Radio. I am doing more Twittering, but if we, I, I was thinking that we might be able to get a grant from the um, National Broadcast Academy, but I guess the man who would be king is planning on getting rid of that. Um, we do have coming up uh Benjamin, and we will check our Facebook page for for more information and for keeping up with us. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you so much for being with us tonight on Our Common Ground. We thank our brother and colleague, Dr. Wilmer J. Leon. And don't forget to support his book, Another Political Perspective, by going to his website at wilmerleon.com. Please subscribe to our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter at JaniceOCG, hashtag talk that matters I'll see you soon and as always I'll be listening for you